Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. This episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Stay tuned to learn more about Bilt Bar's brand new relaunch and how you can enjoy the best new flavors in Bilt Bar's lineup. On tonight's show, we are going to be doing a couple of things. This is a huge week for a lot of folks who are video gamers, and so I wanted to talk a bit about why you should think about the Xbox Series X and why you might consider the PlayStation 5. I'll give you a bit of a consumer breakdown, what games and experiences might be available at launch, and whether or not you should opt for one or the other depending on what you're looking for. Before then, though, we actually do have a couple of new hockey announcements, and tonight we'll be talking about a couple of ELCs that have been signed, and we'll see what these contracts might mean for some of their respective teams. And one of the most important ones for Winnipeg fans, of course, is Cole Perfetti signing for three years at $4.975 million per the entire duration. So it's a little bit around $2 million per season, a little bit less than that, which for what Perfetti is likely to bring to this team is going to be an excellent value contract. And there are a couple of reasons I thought this might happen. I, I think for one thing, Perfetti wants to make the Jets. And I think he understands that Winnipeg is often a team that's a little bit cash-strapped in trying to balance his need for bonuses and obviously getting a nice payday versus the potential of a delayed NHL season and the desire to actually get into the NHL as soon as possible so you can kind of speed up your future contract negotiations. I think Perfetti is is definitely trying to bank on himself a little bit here, and I feel like he's going to do just fine. I expect Cole to be a fantastic player. I think it won't take him long to get up to NHL speed. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to enter middle six ice time very quickly. He's the kind of kid who I think works very hard. And I think because he has such a smart read of the game, it's really not going to be that difficult for him to adapt to the way that the NHL moves. Now, obviously, the jump from a professional league coming from a junior league is pretty significant. And there's a chance that he may actually go to the Manitoba Moose. But I feel like if, in fact, he got this particular contract and the AHL doesn't start until around February, I have a really hard time seeing what else you do with Perfetti. The way that this contract is constructed and the fact that the cap hit is pretty low over the couple of seasons that he's going to be hanging around, at least on his ELC, it, it reads to me like he doesn't really want to go to Europe, and I feel like the most obvious choice is for him to get acclimated to pro-level NHL ice. I know that Maurice is always funny about playing the kids, but I feel like Perfetti is one of those players who's almost too smart and too good to keep off the roster. And so I have a feeling that during camp or during preseason, whatever that really looks like, I think Perfetti's going to really push for a spot. I just don't know how long you can keep him out of the NHL, and with the way that his contract has been set up, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that he makes the team out of camp. I think he's going to immediately help this squad. I think that he brings the skills and playmaking ability to make a difference at this level no matter how long he's playing. And frankly, the Jets could really use him at center. They don't have many better options than Perfetti hanging around, and it's clear that, uh, you know, this guy is our, our franchise talent. The sooner we get him up to speed and, and playing at this level, the better I think Winnipeg will be off long term. On the other side of ELC contracts, we also had a couple of teams from opposing squad signing, including Jamie Drysdale for the Anaheim Ducks signing for three years at $5.325 million. Drysdale, I, I think, will probably play in the NHL sooner than later. I don't know 100% where his game is in terms of translating that to a professional level. You know, Perfetti, I feel, is the kind of kid who has the skills to translate pretty quickly, but I don't know about Drysdale. It's entirely possible that he will be ready for some sort of limited NHL duty in the next year or two, but I, I think that there's another reality where he maybe spends some time with the San Diego Gulls. 
He's incredibly dynamic and extremely gifted, so I feel like at some point he will make the jump. I just don't know if it's going to be within the next year or maybe a little bit further down the road. He's an immensely talented prospect, though, and if he goes to San Diego, I have a feeling he's going to be winning an award or two in the AHL. I wonder if they'd also consider loaning him out overseas. I don't really know how that affects ELC contracts or if there even is some sort of an impact. I don't know what that whole status is. I know some prospects have already been loaned over. Because to be honest, the NHL still hasn't really decided on a, a structure for next season. I mean, they were talking about reorienting the um, all of the divisions, which we've discussed earlier as potentially being like a Canadian-only division and setting up specific hub cities so that NHL teams aren't traveling as much. But the uncertainty around all of this and the fact that you do have to get these kids ice time, especially with the likelihood that a lot of the junior leagues are going to be shut down, you got to find some place for them. And I feel like the overseas pro leagues are actually a pretty nice jump in that they're definitely a lot harder than the junior leagues, but they're not at a level that these kids can't acclimate. It gives these prospects a really nice go between, you know, uh, stepping up to a pro team without maybe overextending themselves and putting them in a position where they can't really perform. It, you know, there are going to be kids who probably struggle with this even then. I think it's it's obviously a big jump between junior level and pro league hockey, but I think that they can do it. Players like Drysdale are probably a little bit too good at times over those leagues, but I think the experience of just playing against men would still be helpful all the same. Luke Evangelista has also signed his entry-level contract with Nashville, signing for three years at $2.775 million. I think that he has the potential to be a really quality attacking forward for Nashville. I don't know if he's going to be like an elite goal scorer, but we'll find out soon enough. I believe he's a former London Knight, and I think a lot of those London Knights players tend to be very attack-oriented skaters with a fairly versatile tool set that allows allows you to deploy them in multiple situations. I don't know if Evangelista is that kind of player, but I did like his release and I thought that his edge work was pretty decent. So we'll see if any of that translates at the pro level. I would imagine he definitely needs some like AHL experience first. I don't think that he can go into the NHL as quickly unless the Preds feel differently. I, I don't know that they could do that. But again, the whole February start date for the AHL is probably going to throw a monkey wrench in some of these plans. Beyond ELCs, we did have one actual extension that is pretty big for at least the Dallas Stars, and that's Rope Hintz signing for three years at $9.45 million. I think that this is a very fair deal for both sides. I was probably higher on Hintz at one point. I think that he has comfortably settled into a really high-end middle six role. He's the exact kind of, you know, second or third line player that the Jets kind of need to really boost their play driving ability at, at the second and third line levels. Um, or really all situations for Winnipeg because they don't have many play driving forwards to begin with. And I think you could probably trust Hintz with top line duties, but with the stars, he's kind of bounced around the lineup a bit. And I think it's just because he's such a versatile, useful forward that you can pretty much put him in any role and he'll probably succeed. He might not be putting up ridiculous numbers, but that's a very good contract and similar to what I'd expect. Something to, akin to what I might expect Andrew Kopp's next contract to look like. Maybe a little bit more than I would think uh, Winnipeg would be comfortable paying Kopp, but I, I think it's a similar comparison. And I think in terms of play driving ability and two-way development, I think Hints and Cop might be a little bit comparable in some areas. We'll know soon enough because I'm, I'm definitely high on Cop, but if he wants a huge contract extension, it may be a little bit out of Winnipeg's price range. That is it for all of the exciting NHL news. Up next, we're going to start taking a look at the Xbox and new PlayStations that are coming out this week, or in the Xbox's case, already out. But before then, I thought you should know a little bit more about Built Bar's relaunch. If you are a longtime Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast listener, you know that I love Built Bars. They're more like a candy bar in that they've got a 
dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Most protein bars are very dry, not particularly great, and leave you with a twinge of regret. But with the 12 original flavors, including raspberry and mint brownie, which are some of my favorites, Built Bar has you covered. If you haven't had any of the original flavors, I highly recommend checking out the variety box first. Like any great company, Built isn't content to rest on its laurels and is back and better than ever with a brand new lineup of six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. If you're drooling over your keyboard but worried about the guilt, fret not, because Built Bars average around 200 calories or less with around 5 grams of net carbs and between 15 to 19 grams of protein. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so they're perfect for keto diets as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. Getting started with Built Bar is super easy. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. Earlier we talked about some contract extensions, some brand new ELCs, and all the fun NHL stuff. And now we're going to talk about something else that's going to be important for a lot of our listeners, and that's deciding between the new Xbox and the new PS5. Let's start with the Xbox, because I think both the Xbox and the PlayStation work on fundamentally different philosophies. Now, the Xbox brings a lot of interesting features, and I think one of the biggest things is that they have what they call quick resume, because these are running on solid-state drives, they're very fast, and while the usable capacity is a bit limited, the Xbox has already released, or or is going to release very soon, expandable little plug-and-play hard drives that should help you out a lot. I did hear that these are proprietary, though, so be prepared to spend at least 100 to $150, or maybe even more for a larger 1 or 2 terabyte hard drive. As far as the console itself is concerned, it does have a slightly more powerful GPU or CPU, I forget which they boosted for this particular model, over the PS5, but I think what's interesting about the Xbox is that the way that they've modeled their whole ecosystem is basically centered around Game Pass. If you've never heard of Game Pass, it's like a Netflix of Xbox, but I think that that is kind of selling it a little bit short. What it does is it offers you a huge library of games that you can download, so as long as you're subscribed, and that includes stuff like Fallout 76, all of the Forza series games that have recently out, some Microsoft first-party stuff including Gears of War, and a few other series like Fable and some of the more classic games, but you also get EA Play included, which does give you some of EA's more recent titles, which I think Star Wars... Fallen Order, I think is the name, is is like the action RPG that's coming out um, on the service this week. So there's a whole library of games that you can download. It's very expansive, and it gives you like a really nice, well-rounded sampling of everything that the previous version of the Xbox had to offer. One other semi-big deal about this is that a lot of the older Xbox 360 games that are included on these services also do work, and there are even some original Xbox games that have been given Xbox One X enhanced versions that you can also download. That selection is considerably smaller, it's mostly EA's titles, but again, it is a pretty robust service, and if you want to subscribe for a couple of months and see what it's about, it's only like $15 for the Ultimate Pass, and I believe it also translates to PC access as well. So if you like playing on both PC and Xbox, you don't really have to choose. As far as the console unit is concerned, it is a little bit on the larger side, which is also an issue with the PS5. Uh, Again, they have kind of prioritized power and, and strength being a big part of this, because what they want to do is get the system in everybody's hands and give them something that's going to be pretty much 4k and 8k ready for the next few years the whole point of this console though is to get you hooked to the game pass service because that is where microsoft is really hoping to get you and get most of your cash output especially when you compare it against buying individual games and i think that for a lot of families the xbox model actually makes a ton of sense 
next-gen game prices look to be increasing steadily. You know, we started at $60, and now we're moving towards $70 on the PS5, so a lot of families don't really want to sink that much cash into one video game, and they want something that they can, you know, cut off when they need to without having, like, a massive financial commitment. And when you look at what Xbox is offering on their Game Pass, there's a huge breadth of variety that pretty much anyone who wants to play any sort of genre is going to find some sort of satisfaction. While your access does go away if you unsubscribe, it's really not that big of a deal if you just want to pick it back up maybe a week or two later or something. There's even like a, a model where you can subscribe to both Xbox Ultimate Game Pass and like a monthly plan for uh, like a new Xbox console and you pay it off for around two years I believe and that's like a whole all-inclusive access plan that includes Xbox Live Gold which is what you need to access online features. Now this whole package is great and I think for a lot of families it makes total sense because you don't actually pay that much more over buying the consoles separately. I think the biggest question is if you already have an Xbox One X or you know even one of the earlier Xbox One consoles and you're not really interested in next-gen visual fidelity and high-resolution gaming I'm not 100% sure if the Xbox Series X is the kind of jump that you're looking for. In my opinion, I think it's a very fairly priced console with a lot of horsepower that's on par with like a roughly equivalent to like an upper end of the mid-range of gaming PCs. I think what it does and, and what it offers for around 500 plus tax is actually a pretty good value proposition, especially with PCs being very expensive to build right now. I just don't know if it constitutes the kind of upgrade that Xbox has been billing it to be in, in that it is a really souped up Xbox One X, but I don't know if a lot of families are really going to want to make that much of a financial commitment, especially when the One X came out not that long ago. In my opinion, if you want to experience what a lot of PC gamers have already been experiencing for probably a year or so, I think that the console is a worthy upgrade. I'm just not sure if it's like a generational leap in the sense of what PlayStation is trying to do, but I think that what Xbox is bringing is a very powerful console, and it's a huge multimedia device that's also got an Ultra HD player inside, so if you want to watch movies, you can do that. And in many ways, it brings a very consumer-friendly ecosystem and model for subscription services, so I I think what you're getting with Xbox is more of the service than you are the console itself. And if that is something that you prefer, then I think Xbox is much, very much the clear choice between this and PlayStation. I think what PlayStation is doing is a very different bit of philosophy, and in just a little bit I'll talk about why their approach to gaming this generation is going to be very different from what Microsoft envisions. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Earlier today, we were talking about some contract extensions and ELC news, some of which includes Cole Perfetti for the Winnipeg Jets. So if you missed that, be sure to check it out earlier in the episode. We also talked a little bit about why the Microsoft Xbox might be a good value proposition if you're okay with services like Netflix. It makes sense for a lot of families, and I think it's going to be a very attractive option for more budget-oriented gamers. On the other spectrum, we've got the PlayStation 5, which the console itself is around the same price, but the approach to the way Sony has done this is very different in philosophy. Sony has opted for a more, I guess, conventional console release, although the actual style that they've opted for here, where they have like a, a conventional launch, is kind of offset by the fact that their, their peripherals and stuff are really geared towards next-gen experiences. By now, you've probably heard a little bit about the brand new DualSense controller, and apparently it's a thing of beauty. This controller offers very unique haptic features that, you know, offer maybe context-sensitive vibrations and feelings that allow you to experience gameplay in ways that other controllers have never done. The pressure-sensitive triggers can also adjust the amount of resistance so that if you're squeezing something like a gun trigger or pulling, you know, the string on a bow back, 
it'll offer a little bit more resistance as you would expect from something that you're pulling taut. The location-based haptic feedback sensors also can give you different vibrations depending on the sorts of environments you're walking around, whether it's on sand or on water. The included and pre-installed Astro's Playground allows you to kind of mess around with all of these different haptic features early on and get a sense of what exactly the next gen of, of PS5 gameplay is going to be like going forward. The game is free and is apparently a very fun little like tech demo of sorts, and also serves as a little bit of a window into how Sony envisions the future of gaming to look like and ultimately feel like. As far as the rest of the console's lineup is concerned, we've got a couple of strong, decent first-party games. We've got Bug Snacks, which everyone was enamored with during Sony's little press conference. Um, and obviously, I think Bug Snacks is going to be a fun little game. It's included with PlayStation Plus, so if you subscribe to that like you do Xbox Live, you get a free slate of games every month. And Bug Snacks is on this, this month's entry list. The PS5 will also have Godfall at launch, which is like a hack-and-slash high medieval fantasy game with crazy-looking armor and some really cool Souls-like combat. And then you've also got Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is the spin-off of the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game from last year, or maybe it was two years ago. Time is a little bit funky right now, but apparently everyone loves Miles Morales. It's very good. The game looks brilliant on the new PS5 hardware, and it's it's a bit of a can't-miss. I, I understand that like Spider-Man can be a bit of an acquired taste for gaming for some folks, but if you have the PlayStation, you basically have to own this game. As far as the console itself is concerned, it is a huge unit. Pretty much everyone has talked about the PS5 size being a bit of a concern for some entertainment systems, but I think it'll fit for mine because I, I definitely have one that supports more width than height, which is a big deal. The Xbox is a little bit on the taller side. They did swap out the uh, the cooling system from the PS4 with a liquid cooling system, so it's supposed to be a lot quieter. And even though the, the disk drive whine is still a little, little bit present, it's not quite as bad as it was last generation. If you're a core gamer who's okay with paying premium prices for really high-end single-player experiences, that's kind of what Sony is going with with the, uh, the PS5 launch. There's likely going to be some sort of an Uncharted game because there always seems to be one during this console's existence. I'm sure we'll get all sorts of really cool remasters and, and other entries in series like God of War, which will be coming out, I think, in the next year or so. And you'll also have some games receiving upgrades from last generation like Ghost of Tsushima, which for me, Ghost of Tsushima running in 60 frames per second would be a big deal. As far as games that you can buy on both consoles, I do think that you have a really good selection at launch this week. You're going to have, of course, Call of Duty is coming out on Friday, which is going to be very popular. You've got FIFA 21, which I'm a little mixed on. You've also got NHL 21, again, another game that I'm mixed on. Um, Madden 21 is all right. But if you have either the Xbox or the PS5, I really have to say that one game you must own in your library this week is going to be Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I just started it yesterday on PC, and I am having an absolute blast. This is an amazing action-adventure RPG that fuses stuff like you've seen on the Vikings TV show with great Nordic mythos, incredibly beautiful locations, visceral combat, great upgrade systems, uh, just really incredible open-ended exploration, and extremely satisfying movement. This is a game that you can just feel like you can get lost walking around in for hours. That the combat has all sorts of varied activities, including coastline raids, uh, town and city sieges, assassination quests, even hunting side missions and whatnot. I just think that there's such a breadth of activities to do, and you could spend all day going through any one of Valhalla's breathtaking locations. No matter which console you pick, I think you will be pleased. If you're somebody who wants the subscription service, I think Xbox makes the most sense, but if you want premium single-player experiences that only Sony can really provide with this next-generation peripheral set, 
then yeah, PlayStation is your mark. Hopefully you have a little bit better of an idea of what console you're going to pick. I chose the PlayStation 5, but I also intend to get the Xbox down the road whenever it actually comes back in stock. I don't know when that's going to be, but hopefully I can get a decent deal on one. That will do it for tonight's episode, though, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions, be sure to reach out to me at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets for a little bit more information on either console. Before you log off, I thought you should know that the Locked On NBA mock draft is upcoming. It's going to be a five-day experience, including guests like Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated, John Hollinger, and Chad Ford from Chad's Ford Big Board. It starts this Wednesday and continues through next Tuesday, so stay alert and be sure to tune in. Thanks so much for listening. As always, have a great night and go Jets go!